Right. We've got a lot of material to cover. And what I'm going to do is actually, um, I'm going to take this down because I, I feel like we're too scattered to have any interaction. Normally, I try to avoid interaction at all costs, but during Bible classes, it might be helpful, especially when you get into this subject. The Bible, we're going to talk about the others. You've heard me say repeatedly that we are not alone in the universe and not everything out there likes us, right? There are, uh, I was recently with a group of ministers and was shocked. Um, these were all ministers, almost all of them, from our religious tribe. Uh, th and they were in a safe place where nobody's going to out them for believing something that they shouldn't believe. When someone asked the question, is Satan real, a real being? Is he metaphorical? Is he just a symbol? And I would say that of the group there, by no means uh, do they represent all ministers, but the group there, most of them believed he wasn't a real being. And I went, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I, I have the feeling you might not have traveled enough. If you do an awful lot of travel, in fact, I, I listened to one guy talking about um, demon, he was at a lectureship, and he's talking about demons and the devil, and very doing so very bluntly. And I didn't know anything about him, but afterwards I walked up to him and shook his hand, and I said, "So, where were you a missionary?" And he just smiled, because you live in some of these places, and the mask began to slip, and you can see these things more directly. Here's the thing, though: the Bible doesn't give us a thorough exposition of the origin and history of Satan. It, it just doesn't. In fact, the name Satan is most likely not a name, but a description of the kind of role he plays by choice in the universe. There are still areas in the Middle East where you have people who are shaitans. It's the same word. Their job is to inform and tell on those who are not loyal. Uh, a very famous one during the first Gulf War where a man accidentally spilled coffee on a newspaper and the front of the newspaper had a picture of Saddam Hussein and he was imprisoned because somebody told on him that was a shaitan, a Satan. These informers were very, of course, a huge part of the, the old uh, Soviet Union. But early on, what do we see? We see the devil saying, Job's not so good. Let me tell you, don't, don't believe in Job. If you read back in Revelation, you find also that the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. That's what he does. If you slander and accuse and attack your brothers and sisters in Christ, you have joined Team Satan. That's terrifying. Somebody asked me once, they said, you know, this is a few years back when people really still did a lot of these um, uh, periodicals. And they would say, do you, uh, you know, what periodicals do you read? And I said, none. And they thought, well, how do you know what's going on? And I said, I don't need to know what's going on in other churches. And they, they, that surprised them a bit. And so I added, sacred gossip is still gossip. Sacred slander is still slander. Now, by the way, do I get a, a periodical from the church? Yes. I get Christian Chronicle. I don't know how they find me. 
uh, it's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a fine, it's, it's newsy as a rule. And in fact, they sent me two copies, and there is no way to fix that. We have tried uh, repeatedly, so um, by the way, I think they should be put in charge of the CIA because they can find everybody. All around the Jews, every other religion has a very complex, detailed story of dark spirits and where they came from and what they're like and how they respond and every... The Bible is actually stands in very stark contrast with other ancient literature because other ancient literature is full of demonic stories. Our Bible just kind of gently leads us into a little bit of it. It could be... It could be that God doesn't want us to get too focused on these things. As Nietzsche uh, famously said, when you look into the darkness, the darkness looks back at you. There's a danger here. Years ago, back before I was considered as dangerous as I have been recently, two publishers in the Churches of Christ asked me to write a book on the devil and demons. And I turned them down. And I was asked by somebody else, I can't even remember who it was now, this is all back in the 80s, to do it. And I said, no. And they asked me, they said, why not? And I said, because I don't want to be known as the devil guy. You know, I want to be known as the Jesus guy. There's part of me that regrets that I didn't write it back then, but I, I feel like it's probably good. All around the Jews, they had this history, these stories. But they were dualist. It's important we understand our terms. A dualist, roughly all forms of dualism, believe that there is good and evil in the universe and that they are equally matched and that they are fighting each other constantly. That's what most ancient people believed. I'm not going to say all because I don't know all, but most, if you go through the literature, it's just you can assume dualism. And a lot of us can get dualist as well. I heard a preacher uh, in our church who's very highly regarded. I did not ask him for permission to use his name, so I will not. Who says, people ask, uh, he, he talks about the devil, and he said, people ask, why do demons show up suddenly when Jesus is here? And his response was, well, when there is great good there, then great evil has to come against it. And I understand where he was going, but it sounded a bit dualistic. There isn't a balance in the universe. Evil is not as good as, and strong as good. Never was. God can eliminate evil anytime he wants to. And I've had people say, well, then why doesn't he? And I, my response is because we don't want him to. We want him to eliminate other people's evil. But our evil, our pet evil, we want him to leave that alone. The evil we've come, become comfortable with, leave that alone. What if, for example... Every TV show that celebrated adultery, cheating, drugs, and alcohol vanished. How many Christians would howl? I've talked, I, I've not gotten into the group, but I've, I've seen on Facebook and such where Christian women were going on and on about The Bachelor. Just couldn't, and then The Bachelorette, and I'm going, it's the adultery shopping channel. What are you doing? We love our evil, and that's why there's evil. But let's go on. Uh, by the way, this dualism shows up in the seasons as well. That was always their story, that the God of spring and life and such 
is fighting the god of cold and then gets killed and then resurrects in the spring. And that's, all of this is based upon dualism in areas of the world where they have those distinct seasons. To help us understand the difference between Scripture and the theologies that surrounded the Jews. Now, why do I keep saying that? Because if it surrounds you, eventually it will work its way in. All right? What surrounded them was one of the oldest religions known so far. In fact, perhaps the oldest religion known so far, Zoroastrianism. Got a lot of stuff here, and we may not get through it in our half hour because the preacher went for a bit. It most likely existed as far back as 1600 B.C. The oldest written records began in the 5th century B.C., but it was already a full-grown, many-nation religion. The religion began in Iran, Persia, with the teaching of a prophet known as Zoroaster, also known as Zarathustra. Also Spock Zarathustra, do you remember that one? You know, you know that tune? It's the opening for 2001, A Space Odyssey. And it's a tune that I think they really should play as they lower me down on the stage to preach, but they won't do that. They say something about the fog machine is on back order. This prophet, Zarathustra, or Zoroaster, believed that there was one God, a God of wisdom, known as Ahura Mazda. The Mazda car company is named after that God. Um, does that mean you shouldn't have a Mazda? No. Why? I'll tell you on Wednesday. Ha <laughs> ha, that was a joke. Wednesday, Wednesday is named after a, a God. Thursday is named after a God. Friday, Saturday. Don't worry about it, right? Mazdas are cool cars, they, and, and they, they make them well. They just don't sell well. But Ahura Mazda, he believed in a Messiah that was to come, judgment after death, heaven and hell, and free will. And it is generally believed that Jews engaged with Zoroastrians repeatedly and extensively when they were in Babylonian captivity because it was around that time that the Jewish writers started to write of demons in their scriptures. It is not as simple as that, but that's, that's at least flying over to 25,000 feet. Am I saying there that part of your Bible comes from Zoroaster? No. What I'm saying is, have you heard the expression, even a blind pig can find an acorn sometimes? Right? I'm not sure why blindness would keep him from finding the acorn to begin with since they go by smell, but that's a different thing. I don't explain that to people who use the, the illustration. The point is, false religions aren't all false. They've got some truth in them too if it agrees with the truth of Scripture. You see, and again, this is something I had to, I talked to my kids about, and you always wonder if you talk to them enough about. We watch TV, you're really watching cartoons, even if it's live action. The bad people are all bad, and the good people are all good. Flawed, but good, so that we can identify with them. And I tell, I tell my kids, it's not that easy. When I was a boy, I was told Catholics didn't believe Jesus or the Bible. Baptists didn't either. Methodists, no. We could go on. It was a simple catechism. Every, everybody was wrong and didn't believe in Jesus. Now I know that every single religion has its pluses and minuses, does it not? And what we need to do is find the truth that can hold us together. 
Well, Zoroastrians, when they were in Babylonian captivity, may have shared their concepts of the cosmos, good and evil, death. Zoroastrianism was in Persia slash Iran until the late 600s when it was driven out by Islam and shoved to the corners. They conquered it by force, banning the practice of Zoroastrianism by the way, and you can go ahead, that's fine. It is growing, Zoroastrianism, in Muslim countries. As Muslims turn from the violence of their extreme branch and the division between Shia and Shiite and Baathite and all of these other groups, many Muslims are privately, some in some areas are able to do it openly, mostly privately turning back to Zoroastrianism, which is closer to Christianity than Islam, at least. So, you know, we can, we can at least go, oh, well, okay. Um, it's, there are writings from Islamic scholars, and they're not afraid, I'm sad to say this, they're not afraid of us converting their kids. They're not. Because we watch shows like we watch, and we go to places like we go, and we dress like we dress. They believe the devil's already got us. They're not afraid of Christians converting them. They're afraid of the Zoroastrians showing back up. And other, I, I had a meeting with a Muslim, what was that, three weeks ago now. These things are on their mind. Once a major religion that crossed tribal and national boundaries, because it is not, it is not uh, racial or nation-based, it is considered for all people, it's now thought that there are less than 200,000 adherents. They are mainly in India, Iran, and in the Kurdish areas. You've heard about the Kurds. Kurds are in an area in northern Iran, very close to the Armenians, and man, you want to talk about some interesting dynamics here. Some of the Kurds are completely communist, but they love America. I mean, it's just confusing. And their religion is different as well. There are different forms of their religion. But 200,000 adherents, but here's the thing, the books on the sayings of Zoroaster are selling again. And they're being picked up again. We hear it sometimes on pirate radio. Pirate radio is a radio signal that is outside of a forbidden area that beams inside the forbidden area, like Radio Free Europe. Uh, and air, um, there's another one. You might remember it. Um, we didn't have that. In the BBC, in Britain, we weren't allowed to have radio. They only played pop music one hour a week. And there was one radio station at that time allowed. That was during the British invasion. That's why they came here and did all of their music here, the hits, because they couldn't do it there. And so enterprising people sailed offshore out of British international waters and set up pirate inter uh, radio stations to go back in. So I just, that meant nothing. Let's move on. Um, but that's how you can hear Zoroaster's teachings being beamed into mainly Islamic areas. But there are other places that are buying the books. In the early centuries of Zoroastrianism, there was no concept of a specific being playing the role of Satan. However, there was Angra Menu, the angry spirit. These were, it was a group, actually. They were not really gods, and they weren't equal to God, but they, this is very careful, the, the teaching, they fed on our bad choices. And that sends up another light bulb to me. There's a truth there. 
demons are, and you're going to get repetition every so often here because there's so much. Demons are not everywhere. They are not the equal of God. They are not omnipresent. They don't know everything. But they are many places, and they know a lot. I use this illustration quite often. I do a lot of traveling on my own. I have all of our married life. Let's say I'm at a restaurant. I normally don't eat at restaurants. I'll pick up something and take it to my hotel room because there are people in a restaurant. But uh, if I'm sitting at a restaurant and there's a pretty waitress who's flirting to get a tip, it's not like she can't wait to get some of this. She's flirting to get a tip, right? I'm not sure the laughter was required, but let's move on. And let's say as she's easing away, I'm turning around and having a good look. If a demon is in the area and it sees this, it may decide to start a plan. Our besetting sins, um, the ones that trip us up, and there are some sins that don't tempt me at all. Illegal drugs, never interested. There's enough crazy going on up here. I don't want to poke it with a stick and see what happens. So it, I've just never been interested in that. But that may be yours. There are other sins that I am, that they are besetting sins. God knows what my sins are and forgives me. When the demons notice them, they work on there to make it that crack wider. Uh, one of the preachers who used to preach here was named Joe Beam. And he had a falling in his marriage that was healed. And out of that, he developed this marriage dynamics uh, ministry. But I'll never forget what he said. And I've not gone to one of his seminars, but I heard him speak once on this. And he talked about a man who also fell. And the man kept saying, I, I don't see how this happened. I don't know why I didn't see it coming. And Joe looked at him and said, you don't think the devil will work for 20 or 30 years when they think that they're going to get a payoff? He said, he wasn't hunting you that day. He'd been setting up things for decades. That's the angramenu, or the angry spirits. They feed on bad choices. Later, the theologians decided somehow that there was a devil, and they called him Araman. They taught that their God was only good, and therefore all good came from him. Okay, we can agree with this. But then they go farther. They say evil comes from our desires, and the Bible does say that, but it goes, they go further, and from angry spirits that tempt us to act on our desires, and they made those angry spirits the equal to their God. So all evil, all good, and again, dualism, and that's not what we teach. But they had three main principles, Zoroastrians do. Good thoughts, the first one is not three, it's, it's one. Good thoughts good words, good deeds. By the way, that is incredibly accurate in psychology. What you think becomes a belief, which becomes an action. And so when I read that first one, I'm going, nailed it. Good thoughts, good words, good deeds. It's hard to do evil when you're thinking good thoughts and doing good deeds. You see? Second one, there's only one path, and that is the path of truth. I think Jesus says something similar to that. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, and then all beneficial rewards will come to you. I'm not going to argue with any of these, are you? Now, I believe they, they didn't follow Jesus, and that's an issue. That's a huge issue, is it not? 
Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. So don't get confused. Don't, say I'm, don't think I'm saying those Zoroastrianisms are okay by me. I'm saying they, they found a lot of truth. Have you read the tenets of Buddhism? There's a lot of really good stuff in Buddhism. But there's also you, a lot of fat gods sitting around doing nothing. So I'm not going to go that direction. But let's acknowledge truth where we see it and then work from that basis to bring in more truth. A few more things about this religion might be of interest. They opposed all forms of monasticism. And I really, I admire this. In other words, it is sinful to withdraw from the world. You must engage the world with good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. I, uh, I really bumped up hard against one of my elders, who's a good man, a good man, in Rochester, Michigan, because he, one of his great studies uh, when he got his PhD was on the monastic fathers of Christianity, the guys that sat on a pole for a few years, or that stayed, you know, a hermit's back in the cage, and he thought they, they did some really great stuff for us, and they might have. I am so ignorant of that. But it always bothers me. How can I serve Jesus in the kingdom by retiring and cloistering myself? Zoroastrians did not believe that was ever acceptable. Took my grands down to see my, my parents because dad's on that glide scope and we don't know how long it'll be for him to be in the world. But we drive through Lawrenceburg, Lawrenceville. Lawrenceburg? Berg? Berg, okay. It's so small I can't read the sign. And there are Amish there. And so that's always a highlight of the trip. It's two hours and 15 minutes to get to see my, my parents, and there's nothing until you hit that area, and you'll see the Amish out. And uh, my they're always asking questions. My, my grandson, Finn, I love Finn. He's my scientist. He's my question. Oh, he starts everything by either saying, remember, or I have a question. Everything he does, and I love that. Absolutely. Anyway, Finn, he said, um, so... Where do you buy those? You talk about the buggies. And I said, well, they make them, but they also sell them, and you could buy one. And he goes, and then the, the horses, they, 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 do the, they take the horses home? And I said, yes. He goes, and that's when they get their cars. I went, no, no. And he said, well, why do they think they can't have cars? And I said, Finn, to be honest, they believe God loved technology until 1800, and then he didn't and therefore nothing after. And they withdraw into their enclaves. And we, we didn't talk a whole lot after that, but Zoroastrian said, no. They also believe you should use your free will to enter the world and do good deeds. In many ways, it's similar to Jesus' admonition to be salt and light in the world. It's Paul, or as Jesus said in his famous garden prayer, I'm not asking you to take them from the world. And Paul says we cannot withdraw from the world, but we're separate from the world in our character and the way we behave. They're also very, uh, Zoroastrians are very conscious of their mark on the planet, almost like what I'm told Native Americans are, were, uh, that we are only borrowing the planet and we must give it over to the children. Um, it, they have been called the first ecological or ecological religion. For they, you know, they are kings and not using too much, not hurting the earth, you know, managing resources. Another big point in Zoroastrianism's favor 
was it did not always treat evil equal with good. And that was unusual. Next slide, dualism. And by the way, I'm sorry that I'm going off notes continually, but that's just what I do in class. So uh, you might want an airsoft rifle to shoot me from time to time. I'm wearing eye protection. Go for it. Dualism is still a part of many religions, including Hindu, nativist. Uh, nativist. Anybody know what the word nativist would be? It means a particular tribe, their god. It's a local god. So nativist, pagan traditions, most of them. In fact, that's the whole concept of the yin-yang. That you, you've seen this have you not, without the writing. You've seen this. If you were... If you're alive during the karate kung fu craze of the 70s, <coughs> and karate is, is a brilliant way to fight if you meet somebody who's fighting karate. If, if they're a boxer or a grappler, you're done. But anyway, um, so yang is the bright. There's hot, large, smooth, hard. It's like male, female. So why are the dots in there? Because none of them are pure, one or the other. And so the yin yang. Anyway. Um, Asia was full of dualistic religions, illustrated by this. Taoism, which is spelled Taoism, but for some reason it's Taoism. Uh, and Confucianism, these very much so. And one form of Zoroastrianism did agree with this. And they said that a great evil spirit was uncreated. In other words, equal to God. But that was only a splinter group. I do not know if that group still exists. Sorry. It's hard to find these people because most of them have to be in hiding. It's almost like the Yazidis of, uh, of Iran. Once they're found, they're killed or forced into sex slavery. Heretical Christian groups, uh, heretical just means they're divisive. They're a splinter off of. Heretical Christian groups also thought of the universe as dualistic. Early in Christianity, and some of these went into the Middle Ages, they believed that the universe had two contrasting equal powers, good and evil. This would include Marcionism. By the way, the notes will be up online that you can get these. Catharism, the Cathars, there were bloody battles against them. Paulicianisms, um, and the Gnostics. So, what do we do from here? Well, in the same way that Genesis chapters 1 and 2 were written as cor correctives to the myths of creation that dominated religion in that time, Jewish writers and Christians made sure we knew the truth behind the spirits. Let me back up and explain what I just said. Older than when we believe Genesis was written, there was a saga called the Gilgamesh saga. Have I heard of Gilgamesh saga? I know that Dr. Lemons knows this stuff. Um, <coughs> It was a creation myth. It had some similarities to scripture. And again, that's always a little dangerous, isn't it? Because then you can get sucked in and think, oh, it's the same. It's not the same. But there were other religious myths at the time. Uh, in Asia, the sun was created um, you know, by a big dragon, and then the earth was created when he took a bite of the sun and spit it out. And you know, you've got all these creation stories. And it is believed that the writer of Genesis, Moses, probably had other material to work off of, but he, he wrote it, if, if that bothers you, by the way. Um, it's hard for me to even say this. Go to Wikipedia. 
and look at source material for Scripture. If you, the Bible actually mentions, I'm trying to remember what the number is, I think it's 17 different books that they used for a reference. They'll say, we got this in the book of Jasher, for example, or we got this from, and so the Bible talks about them collecting it. But the creation story in Genesis 1 and 2 is written as a, cor a corrective to the myths that surrounded them, saying, no, this is how it happened. There is one God, uh, one of these myths, I mean, it was awful. Two women gods fought each other and then got pregnant without a male, don't ask, and it, it just goes on and on and on. It's bizarre. And so Genesis is written. More than this, Jewish writers and Christians made sure we understood what was really going on, but also where to put our focus. So while demons and, and, and false gods are named, uh, and we'll talk, I'll just go ahead and say it. Paul says that there aren't really other gods, that demons are posing as gods. We'll talk about that when we get that way, right? These powers in the air, Christians said, are not equal to God, but rather they are fallen, rebellious angels or similar to that. You know, it might be a cherub, a guardian cherub. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Here's the, here's the, here's the, the, the payoff. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made made. Therefore, there are no other uncreated beings, and all other beings are created. So am I saying that God created Satan? Absolutely. But Satan wasn't Satan when he was made. He was not a Satan at that time. What he was, we will start with next week. And there's controversy there. And, and by the way, Dr. Lemons, uh, massive respect for you. If I go one direction and you think I should go another, that's one of the reasons I got down on the floor. Uh, we need to hear more than my voice. And you've always been very gracious when we disagreed. Uh, you've always been wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm so kidding. I hope you know I am so kidding. Uh, there's massive respect for you here. So, yes, go ahead. Okay. That's the kind of information we need. By the way, the listeners online, not going to repeat it because actually that's going to come up in the next two weeks. And so what I'm going to do is, is make sure there's a microphone here so that people can hear you, okay? Because um, it's important. If anybody else disagrees with me, it's going to be very difficult for you. That's all I'm saying. No. It's a, I always tell people, you can quote me but date me because I change my mind, all right, as I get older. One person actually wrote me this week saying they had a cassette tape of mine from 1989 that broke. Would I send them that sermon? I said, under no circumstances. I don't even know what it was about, but I probably changed my mind. 
Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So have we gotten to that one yet? Not quite there. Um, between the, I gotta look. Oh, I gotta get there, don't I? Some, sometime between the creation and Genesis 3, a fall began. I believe it was unlikely to have been a single event. Just to remind you, I'll have to say this again. Most of what you know about the fall of Satan, you don't know because it didn't come from God. It came from John Melton who was one of the worst men ever to walk the planet. I'll explain. He wrote a book called Paradise. He got married. He wrote a book called Paradise Lost. She died. He wrote a book called Paradise Regained. I rest my case. Actually, that's just correlation, not causation, but I have fun with that. I, I only had to read Paradise Lost, and I did say the word had to, because about three pages in, it was a have to. I didn't want to. But in our schools, we read literature, we, and real literature, and we read it hard. We have to, I, I have to be careful that he does not influence me. And the Jews had to be careful that the Zoroastrianism around them didn't influence them. So a lot of scripture is written as corrective to what they're hearing around them. We don't get that because we never, it seems we never read it in context. We're always looking back at it rather than being in it and reading it looking out. And we're going to work with that on these creedal statements as well. Uh, let's go to Psalm, and I'm sorry I held you up. Uh, that, the next slide, please. Thank you. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly host. Praise him, this sounds like a song. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created. Everything comes from God. Look at uh, Job 38. Uh, do we have, is that up on a slide? Do we have that at all? We don't? Okay. Well, you know where Job is. If the liberals haven't moved it, there it is. Kidding. I heard a preacher say that once, tickled me. Job 38, verse 4, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Verse 7, when the morning stars sang together and all the, all the angels shouted for joy, in the beginning all was good. Not to get ahead of myself, but we've got to quit here, and so I'm just going to say it this way. Then why do we have evil? Because angels have a measure of free will. Maybe not as much as we think we have. We think we have. But I believe it was when God told them the plan. And we couldn't. Yes, Brother Lemons. That's, and, and so you're, you're, and I would agree with you. You're putting then the fall before the creation. Is that what you would say? All right, I'm sorry, I'm... So if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that angels began to fall or they did fall before God created them. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yes. And where two or more agree, the scripture says. I have more to say, but I can't because you have children or grands to take care of. I hope you're going to enjoy this ride. 